Our reading this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, the third chapter. We'll read from Ephesians 3.14 to Ephesians 4 and verse 3. The Word of God. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The Word of the Lord. <clears throat> Have you uh, prayed since I last saw you? Probably. What have you been praying for in the last, I don't know, week or so? Is there some things you've been praying for? Uh, here's one of my most common kinds of prayer. Oh Lord, get me out of this. lots of different thises. Help me, help me, help me. Now here's the thing about praying, of course. Well, there's many things about praying, and this sermon is not about how we pray. But I wanted to begin with, what do you pray for? You pray for a lot of stupid things. I'm not trying to insult you. I could say the same thing, of course. Do you know who else said the same exact thing? The Apostle Paul in the Bible says, basically, I pray for a lot of stupid things. Here's how he says it. It's in Romans chapter 8, if you care to look it up. He says, for we do not know how we should. The Apostle Paul said, I don't know what to ask for. 
Now, I think when it comes to prayer, of course, the fact that all our prayers are kind of stupid is actually liberating. Because it means the main thing about your prayer is not how smart it is. Not how wise you pray. Not how carefully you pray. Not what model of praying you use. Nothing about your prayer. You're free to pray. However, you are moved to pray. Whatever moves you to pray. So if you're driving down the street and some knucklehead pulls out in front of you a little too close, you can pray. Or you can yell at the knucklehead. Or if, you know, one of your kids comes home and says something that scares you, you can pray. It's a little more serious. Or if someone you love gets a diagnosis, you can pray. You will not pray intelligently. I mean, think of who you're talking to. In, when you go into the room and pray, when you have a conversation with God, you are the dumb one. You are unwise. And you are talking to Almighty God, all-knowing Father. And here's the, the best part of it is He's your Father. That one is your Father. I had a pretty smart dad. But when he went into the room with God, he was not the smart one in that room. And I can pray to the one who loves me with a perfect love and knows my situation with absolute clarity, perfectly understands everything that's happening, not just with me, but with everyone else and everything else all the time. And I can talk to him about whatever is on my mind. Dumb or not, the thing that matters is that I'm talking to him. The thing that actually matters is that I can talk to him without fear, without judgment, without condemnation because of the blood of Christ. If that is true, it is the most important thing. Let me say that again. If that is true, it is the most important thing. If a creature, the man, me, sinner, imperfect, can go and stand in the presence of the perfect and perfectly righteous and absolute judge of all things and be accepted and heard and cared for, I cannot tell you anything else that might be more important than that. I can't tell you anything that would get even on the scale, on the same page as that. That's why we call it the Good news. 
Wow, sorry, I got distracted by that. And I'm preaching to myself because what a tragic, tragic, tragic thing it is for us to pay attention to so many, so many, many multiple piles of trivial things when we know the most important thing. We're so stupid. So distractible. It's embarrassing. Well, in this text of the Bible, there's a prayer. There's a prayer. Now, since this prayer is written down in Holy Scripture, we know that this one is not stupid. It's inspired by God himself in the person of the Holy Spirit. And that is, of course, what God does with all your prayers between you and the Father. The Spirit intercedes on your behalf so that when your prayer arrives in the Father's ear, it's no longer dumb. It's according to His will. That's all in that passage. In Romans chapter 8, you have a Bible? Romans chapter 8. That's where that is. By the way, Romans chapter 8. If you ever want to be encouraged as a Christian, just read it. Or Ephesians chapter 1. Or this text in Ephesians chapter 3. Put the Word of God in your head then it stands a chance of getting into your heart. Sorry, I'm, I'm preaching too many sermons. I didn't come here to preach today. The one, here's the one I came here to preach. I wonder what the Apostle Paul prays that gets recorded as Scripture. Because whatever he's asking for, I probably need. Here's the prayer. For this reason, he says, I bow my knees. I wonder what the reason is. Well, we don't have time for that. But you could probably find out the reason by reading Ephesians up to this point. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. The Father. You remember how we've been talking about how we're the Abba tribe? That's what this says. The whole family. One family, not a million families. One family. The family of God the Father. The tribe of people who can march into the throne room of heaven and throw a temper tantrum if that's what's on our mind. You can go right in there and lay down on the floor and beat your fist and stomp your feet and tell God how mad you are. And you can just ball your little head off all day long and he will 
pick you up and embrace you because you are in Christ. You are part of the Abba family. You can treat him like you treated your dad when you were two. Even more. Man, i got to get to what the point is here. He says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth Really, that should be translated from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Ask quite a prayer. Now what is the thing he is asking for, the main thing? It's right at the beginning. Well, near the beginning. What is the central request of this prayer that he would grant you? He's asking for God to give the church something. What is it? That he would grant you according to the riches of His glory, to be, to be strengthened. That's it. To be strengthened. That He would grant you to be strengthened. So Paul is praying that the church, that God would give us strength. And it's strength according to the riches of His glory. So it's not just, uh, you know, barely enough strength. How rich is the glory of God? You don't know, I don't know, we cannot possibly estimate the riches of His glory. But it is according to that that Paul prays for us to receive strength. That you would be strengthened with power. <laughs> the, the request is that you would be strengthened with power. So he's, Paul likes to do this sometimes, like pile up words that kind of mean the same thing. So you start to get the idea maybe. Strengthened with power. Power is an ability, a capacity. God is going to give you an ability that you don't otherwise have. That's what Paul's asking for. He's saying, give them power. Strengthen them with power. Please, Father. Well, now that raises the question, power for what? Because power is like a, a an ability to do something. So what is the particular power, I wonder? Well, we'll come to that. <clears throat> How is he going to strengthen you with power? Through his Spirit. As we know, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came into the life of the church and into the life of every member of the church. The Spirit, according to Romans 8, 
I wonder if Romans 8 might be worth looking up and reading. But according to Romans 8, the spirit of the living God, the third person of the very Trinity, God, actually indwells the life of every one who is in Christ. In fact, you could not be in Christ otherwise because it's the spirit of Christ in us that calls out Abba. Because Christ calls out Abba, we, can, we do, because the Spirit puts us in Christ by actually indwelling our lives. If that's true, it's the most important thing. So, how is He going to strengthen you with power? By His Spirit. By His Spirit. And where is this strength to reside in you? It says it right here. In the inner man. In your spirit. The fellowship of the Spirit of God with your spirit gives you power. Well, good. Because Paul's asking for this. This is what he wants. That you would be strengthened with power in the inner man by the Spirit. Wow. What if that could actually be? What if the answer to this prayer were yes? I will. I do. You might say, well, what's the power for? Power, I like the idea of power. I'd like to have some power. Would you like to have some power? I'd like to be able to make myself do the right thing when I want to do the right thing. I'd love to have that power. Or to not do the wrong thing that I like doing, but I really know is the wrong thing to do. I'd like to have the power. You know, I'd like to have the power to make a ton of money. I'd love to have a ton of money, wouldn't you? Or the power to be the smartest guy all the time. I'd love that power. I, I'd like to have all kinds of power. I'd love, I, you know, it wouldn't be bad if I were the king. I would be a good king in my own estimation. If I were the king, things would be much better than they are right now. I'd love to have that power. Or even, you know, just the governor. That'd be good. That'd be some good power. I'd like to be the president of a very large bank. That'd be some good power, wouldn't it? What would you like the power for? Well, as usual, Jesus is not cooperating with my dumb plans. He's a little bit smarter than me. Okay, a lot. He is all wise and good. So he knows that actually, if I were the king, it would be some kind of 
real disaster. That is not the power we're talking about. We're not talking about the power to succeed in the world. We're not talking about any power that you want. How about that? I know that because Martin Luther said something like this. Like, nobody looks for God on the cross. Nobody regards the sacrifice of God as some good thing. The only way we come around to regarding that as good is by the ministry of the Spirit in us. Oh, that's a clue. What is this strength for that the Spirit is going to empower us with? What are we going to be able to do that we cannot otherwise do if the Holy Spirit does not act in our inner man? The answer to the question is this, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. That is the power. Not that you will be able to achieve all your dreams. Not that you will be able to do this or that. Not even that you will be able to stop doing this thing you know is wrong and begin doing this thing you know is right. No. None of that. That Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. Did you know that you don't have the power for that? If God does not answer this prayer. The power to believe in Jesus is a gift from God. And if we read the book of Ephesians, we already know that because it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. You did not believe. You thought you did, I know. And you did. It was you, and you did believe. But it was the power of God operating in you that led you to trust Christ. So is this text about people becoming Christians? Mm, I don't think so. Because this text is addressed to a church. A bunch of people that we presume are Christians. In fact, Paul has already said in this very text many, many times that he is addressing a group of Believers in Jesus. So what, what, how is this prayer appropriate? Because no matter how long you have believed in Jesus, the very thing you need to do, most of all, the very thing you need more than anything else is to believe in Jesus. That Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. That is the whole thing. From beginning to end, you do not outgrow. You do not trust in Christ in order to become a Christian and then go about your merry way doing the best you can do, asking God to strengthen you for all the stuff that, y'all, your dumb stuff. No. That Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. That's, that's everything. That does, however, lead to more. You know, if this is true, it's the most important thing. 
I wonder what you're paying attention to instead of this. That Christ may dwell in your heart through faith and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able, able, there's that power thing again, might be able. Paul's saying, oh, I wish we were all able to comprehend the love of Christ. That you'll be strong enough to grasp, to really get hold of the scope of the love of Christ. Except, you know what he says? It's the strangest thing. He says that you would know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. How about that? He's praying that you would be strengthened with power so that Christ would dwell in your heart and by faith you would know the love that is beyond knowing. You cannot get to the bottom of it. Keep digging in the love of Christ. You cannot find the end of it. It is past however much you know it. It's past there. And how do you know the love of Christ more? You trust. You trust. Christ occupies your heart through faith. I love this word that Christ may dwell in your heart. You know, it's that word that John likes to use, the word meno, abide. How glorious is it that the Lord Jesus Christ makes His house in your heart? If that's true, it's the most important thing. Praise God. He wants you to know this great unknowable. Some of you are divers or snorkelers. Some of you have been for a swim in this little pool out here. (coughs) The ocean. You know, we don't know. Well, I guess we know how deep it is, but we've never been there. And, you know, a few of us humans have gone into the, you know, the empty area outside of the atmosphere of this planet. We call it space. We know a little bit about space. We got these giant telescopes. We look at these stars that are, you know, when the light arrives here, it's already like it left that star a billion years ago which in my mind means when that star was made, so was the light arriving on earth all on the same day. But in any case, it takes a long, it's so far away. We barely, oh, thank you very much. We barely know. And however far we go, I don't guess we're going to reach the end. The love of God is bigger. He says, to know the breadth and length 
height and depth. Horizontal, vertical, from heaven to hell and all the families of the earth, it's past finding out. Yet, Paul is praying for this power that comes only from God, from the operation of the Spirit of God in a person's inner person, that we would know it. It reminds me of what he said in Philippians chapter 3 when he writes, you know, there's just the one thing, the one thing I want, the one thing. I, I get... I." consider everything else like garbage compared to this one thing. Knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Paul is desperate before God in this prayer that all the people of God would get some some, some kind of handle on the greatness of his love. That he says he would be filled up to all the fullness of God. <laughs> That's almost frightening. You know, earlier in the book of Ephesians, he calls the church, the body of Christ, the fullness of God. You see, in the body of Christ, in the church, is the fullness of God. We are the body. We are the image bearers of Almighty God in this world today. Right this second. And the only question is, how hard will it be to see Jesus Christ in this room? among us. And so Paul's prayer is aimed at that, that we'd be filled up to the fullness of God, that we would be so occupied by Christ that we would actually see Christ in our fellowship in the church. Oh, what a great day that will He's saying that you would be filled up to all the fullness of God. Well, to be filled up means you're filled up with that and there's no room for anything else. You're so totally occupied. That's why he's praying that Christ would dwell in your heart. He's praying that you would be so totally occupied by Christ that there isn't room for anything else. That we would see a true imaging of God in the spiritual maturity of the body of Christ. He goes on in chapter 4 to talk about that. Till we, till, till we all come, till we all attain to the unity of the faith, to the one mature man that is Christ. That's what this strength is for. It's very popular, you know, to quote, say, Philippians chapter 4 where it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's very popular to quote that. 
as though God endorses whatever dumb idea you have. This is God's idea. But somehow, we reckon we in our having been reconciled to God in Christ, that we would become so occupied with Christ that the very fullness of God would be visible in the life of the church. That is God's idea. That is what he strengthens us for. And that strength does carry over into other areas of life, but it has the sort, it's the sort of strength that follows the advice of James when he says, count it all joy when various troubles happen in your life. And he does not advise you to pray to God that God would just dismiss your troubles. God didn't dismiss the troubles of Jesus, his very son. What he's praying is that you will know the love of God in your trouble. Now, we started by saying, look, I know all our prayers are kind of dumb, right? I, I pray for whatever pops onto my head at any moment, and that is just fine. Pray for whatever you want. If you want to be rich, ask God to make you rich. He'll do what's best. If you want to have the powers of this world, ask ask. God says all authority comes from Him and nobody has any except that He gives it. That's in Romans chapter 13 if you need proof. That's what the Bible says. So if you want power, ask for power. If you want uh, to be healed, ask to be healed. God heals people sometimes. Oh, except then they all die later. But God heals people sometimes. Just ask for whatever you want. If you want to not die, ask God. He can keep you alive. He might not, but He might. But what God is up to is that Christ would dwell in your heart through faith. Now, if Christ dwells in your heart through faith, you can endure anything. They can kill you and you'll be fine. You have eternal life in Christ. The Spirit of God dwells in you. Trust Christ. It's the whole thing. Now, I have this question. It's printed in your bulletin. Can you strengthen yourself? Can I do this? I'm going to believe in Jesus harder. How, how's that going to work out? Well, of course I can do that. But faith in Jesus is a spiritual thing that comes from the Spirit of God, not me. I cannot drum it up by my own determination. That is why Paul is praying for it, not telling us to have it. You see, if you could strengthen yourself in this way, he would say, hey church, strengthen yourself in this way. 
trust harder in Jesus. And that's kind of what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, trust harder in Jesus. But the Spirit provides for this. Let us pray. Let us pray this prayer for this fellowship that God would grant <laughs> that we would be strengthened with power by His Spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in our hearts. And we would come to know the unknowable, beyond reachable depth love of God in Christ and by the Spirit. That's what we should do. I would also recommend that we explore in the love of Christ. When you read the Bible, explore the love of Christ. The whole Bible is about the story of God's love delivered to us in the person of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Here's another thing that you can do. Jesus said, you know, if you love me, you love your neighbor. John says, if the love of God is in you, then you love your brother. Uh, Jesus said, he who has my commandments and keeps them, he's the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by God. And I will love him. You know what you can do to explore the love of Christ? Try to love someone with it. When you try to love the way Christ loves, you learn something about the way Christ loves. You can explore it. We can explore it together. John chapter 13, Jesus says, this is how everyone will know you're my disciples. If you love each other. Let us pray this prayer together. Let us see what God might do with the love that shines out of a group of people who have been strengthened with power by His Spirit in the inner man so that Christ may occupy our hearts through faith. If it's true, there's nothing more important. Father, we do pray that this would be real in our fellowship, that you would give us this power. Lord, that <clears throat> we would so see the great beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ and of your love for us in Christ, that the Spirit would be so active in our inner person. Lord, we want to see that. Lord, we know we're going to see it when Christ comes, but we want to see it more and more even now. We want to see it in the life of this fellowship, in the wealth of our relationships to one another, in which we uh, let ourselves be known and we extend that acceptance that you've extended to us. Father, we ask for these things in Christ, by the Spirit. Amen.